today, but go ahead. Okay. So you used to be in the recruiting world, right? I still am. Job recruiting world. So as a recruiter, when you are chatting with uh, potential candidates, what are what would be a way that you would want a candidate, like if you if a candidate was coming to you just to gauge where you guys are in hiring, but not mm -hmm. solely sure on if they're interested in moving, as a recruiter, tell me how you think that conversation should go. Should is the key word. Yeah. So if someone reached out to me like, hey, what's going on over there? I might be interested in joining like that kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. I prefer someone who's for like, hey, you guys are doing some cool stuff. I might be in a space of transition. I might be open to a new adventure. Like people love when you say stupid stuff like that. I might be open to a new adventure. Mm. Or, you know, I'm, I'm in a point in my life where I need something else, right? Like, to be honest, from a recruiter's point of view, I don't care how you get here. Like, you want to come <laughs> here? Like, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. I've heard a lot of stuff. Like, I, I'm having family problems. I need to come somewhere closer to my family. Or like I said, or I'm looking for a new adventure. Or I think this chapter of my professional career is over and I'm looking to start another chapter. Or if you've been there before, A, you know, I've tested the waters and, you know, it, I miss where I was at. Like, I don't care what you say. Mm -hmm. Like if, if, especially if you're talented, that's the key. If you're talented, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what you say. So, so, so from your, if I'm hearing this correctly, from your professional opinion, if you're ever out there, maybe thinking about testing the job waters, just be honest. Like, yes. like, okay, as a recruiter, if someone, if like someone came to you and said, hey, Things are maybe up in the air where I'm where I'm at. Nothing, nothing's positively up in there, but the air is a little funky smelling. Curious to know what's the landscape there at our at whatever looks like. Yeah. So I would say one thing to remember as a candidate is, and I think you understand this, the art of leverage, right? So let me go a little bit deeper from what I said earlier. So if you come in saying something like that. You're putting all your cards on the table and they know you're looking for an exit button, right? They know that if this progresses, not to say that they would offer you less money, but they have an understanding that you could be in a, in a point where you're desperate, right? So that can, mm. that might be able to, that might take a little bit of leverage away, right? Because the candidate, it's so rare where the candidate has the leverage, right? Usually it's the organization that has leverage. So if you're in a space where, you have the leverage or you can create the leverage, like that's probably the best bet. So that's why I always say, I know what I said earlier, it doesn't matter to me, it doesn't because the role I'm in now, salaries are fixed. But if you're working for a, uh, a for-profit or an organization where you can negotiate your salary, absolutely. It's something like, hey, I could be interested. Do you know of anything coming down the pipe? Um, I mean, there's a, there are different ways to workshop and frame it. Just don't come in hot like you're desperate. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, I hate it here. I want to come back to you. <laughs> I mean, some people. Hey, nah, I could not imagine being a job recruiter and getting an opening email saying, yo, I fucking hate this job I got. I mean, I mean, let me there, come back. There, there are job. professional ways of saying that. A lot of people say, you know, I don't feel like I can grow here anymore, or. Um, I, there has been a change in management. The vision has changed, right? Like the, the direction of the organization has changed and I don't want to be a part of that. 
well, you've just given the recruiter all the leverage, right? You have to create the illusion that, hey, I would leave if things are right, not that I want to leave, right? So if you paint the picture of, yeah, I've been thinking about, you know, I've been in this industry. It's cool. I can hang out here for a little while. But, you know, what are you all up to? Like, what's coming down the pipe that could be a potential fit, right? You have to, and and I say the same thing to this, to people who, um, who are maybe that process has taken a lot longer. They've been through all these interviews. They don't want to know if they get an offer. Well, you can always call the the recruiter and say, hey, I have offers from other companies. Do you plan on making me an offer? But the thing about this is you got to be willing to take the loss, right? Because they could say, well, okay, well, we don't want to make an offer until yada, yada, yada. Like there, there's, there's certain. Ah, we don't want to make an offer until like we know for sure we have the headcount for, for the role. Correct. Like you have to understand the risks that you're taking when you have these conversations. So I would say to anyone who wants to do that, just create a space where you're not, you don't seem desperate, right? Like you want to create the illusion, like yeah, I would stay here. Don't get it twisted. Like it's cool over here, but like what are you guys doing over there? Like I could be interested if things were if the stars align, like that's how you got to come at it. Like I, I would never say hit up a recruiter, like, yo, I hate it here. I want to come back or like you just give them all the leverage. I like that. I like that. Recruiting is uh, the candidate is all about leverage. If you have the leverage, you have the power. And that's the thing with everything where you see with contracts at it's very rare when an athlete has the leverage and the power and the same thing goes for the candidate experience, especially if you're talented, right? So whenever you have the leverage, like, don't be afraid to use it because if the shoe is on the other foot, like a company will have no problem using leverage to make you come into the office, you know, to to give you a pink slip, to change your role, to do X, Y, Z, because they'll do it in a heartbeat. Like we're here to like they're here to make money. You're here to make money. Now, I have a I have a question for you, and then I'm gonna let you get into your story that you wanted to tell. Yeah. So. Going off of your point on companies having leverage right mm-hmm. how do i ask this question um fuck, did, I, did i lose the question tell your story the, the question is going to come back to me. okay so i was at work today and there was some sort of orientation going on and i had to speak to the presenter of that orientation it was on our con- it was on our floor in our conference room so i stick my head in i ask the presenter the question and she introduces me to the room and says my name and there is this older woman in there Granted, I'm wearing a mask. She turns around and she's like, I know you. And I was like, what? Well, yeah, like COVID mask. Yeah, like a mask. Yes. Mm-hmm. But she, I guess she heard my name and a rung a bell. She's like, I know you. And I was like, no, you don't. I don't know you. She was like, you met me and I know you. And dog, she did that for like two minutes. And then she like did the thing like, you look at me. Wait, was this was this a sister? It was. I know. I know. Because only I what. Listen, a non-sister, she would have said it once. And when you said, I don't know, she would have said, oh, maybe I got it wrong. But a sister no. or a brother? She did the thing. They're going to hammer that point home. When she, she even did the thing. Look at me. You know who I am. <laughs> <laughs> look at Now, you remember me? Come on, get a good look at me. Y'all remember me? Dog. So I played along and I was like, who are you? Just tell me your name. And she told me her name. No idea who she was. No idea. But she knew you. She, she apparently, she swears she know me. So everyone around, so the presenter, like she works with us. 
She's an older woman. She just walked around all day like, I know you. Just the whole office was like, I know you. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> and the lady has to come back. Came back to me, by the way. Say what? Question came back? Question came back. Go for it. Okay. How? Okay. Let's just, you are a recruiter. So yeah. I'm pretty sure that in your recruiting, in, in your recruiting days, you have maybe either let a talent go or let a talent walk out that maybe like a month to three months to four months later, someone around that had some decision-making power said, we probably, we probably should have second, second guessed that. Like we maybe probably should have kept him or her and just worked through our issues. In your professional experience, if you've seen this, how has a company, if any, ever came back to a, a candidate or someone that they previously kind of shunned off and basically kind of said, yo, we kind of messed up. Is there room for us to rekindle this? Oof. I would say, so you're saying oh, this person is employed with the company. They're having some issues. Instead of working it out, the company, they, they agreed to part ways. And now the company, a couple months, I was like, no. Or they don't have any issues. They just decided, hey, we don't think, that you're the fit for this role anymore. We'd like to go another route. Yeah. And then they go another route. And then shortly after going another route, they're like, actually, the original route wasn't so bad. So it's hard. The, the main thing about that, if you invite someone back after they've been ostracized or outed, they can't, because it's embarrassing for that person to come back to a degree, right? So the biggest thing is like, for me, they can't have the same manager that they did when they left. They can't be anywhere adjacent to that team, right? So if we're talking about, Trying to think of an industry that we're both familiar. Like, so let's stick to sport advertising. Oh, we can talk. Right, let's talk. Let's talk about advertising. So if someone worked in on one account, uh, so if someone worked on Hanes Furniture, right, and they left and they came back on in the under the situation, they came back. Well, we're going to put you on Old Bay. That is okay as long as whoever is in charge of Hanes does not interact with the old bay team right like that bad manager cannot be anywhere near that because people leave managers they don't leave jobs like every job that i ever wanted to leave it's because of a terrible manager because someone's in charge who doesn't know what they're doing so if that manager's gone then we cool like that's it should be okay as long as there wasn't like any animosity among the team like if everyone's like yeah that was a terrible manager that was the problem we got the manager at the paint we want you to come back you're probably okay. But if that manager is still there and that's where usually most issues lie, it's going to take, I don't want to say act of God, but it's going to take a lot because that person's mm. still in the vicinity in a position of power. So right, that's a, that's a hard one. So it's very, it is because it's because to a degree, that's a company's way of saying, yeah, we kind of, we kind of mm-hmm. fucked up and we're, we're sorry, but they're not going to outwardly say it because then that puts them at risk for, Oh, they'll yeah, say it. They won't say it with their mouths. They'll say it with their, the offer. They're going to offer you. And if they don't offer you a decent amount of money, like let's say if you left and you were making $60,000 and it's four months later, yo, that needs to be 70 at the at the least. Like you're going to run me my bag for my time and effort. So the, the longer you were away, the more money you're saying One, they got to come back. Uh, to a degree, like again, it's situation by situation basis. But yeah, like you're going to run me my check. Cause you disrupted my entire life. Like somebody got to pay for that. Somebody got to pay. Some somebody, somebody got to pay for that. 
You know what's 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 funny, and you probably know this. I think the older I have gotten, especially in my professional career, mm-hmm. the more I thought about, do I really want to be a people manager? Like there, I think there are, I think there are. We'll keep it in sports since we're about to, we're probably about to jump into the NFL right afterwards. Yeah. You, there are some coaches out here who are way better coordinators than they'd ever be mm-hmm. head coaches, right? Yeah. Because like, when when you take out a certain amount of decision making and onus, and they just have one thing to focus on, and they can zero in on that one thing, a lot more people are successful. Similarly, with like working with people, like I think that what goes really unspoken or unnoticed, especially in like working and working with people and whatnot. Some people are great individual contributors. Some people, they can just, you give them something and they can just rock out. They can always just rock out. They always got everything. They're always prepared. And there's some people who they flourish because they can delegate. Yeah, they can, they can help you figure it out and they can help delegate. I think those people are naturally better fits for like managerial roles but i don't necessarily think that people who are better individual contributors are good fits for managerial roles it's funny you say that because my wife and i have this conversation all the time the only way to earn more money and climb the corporate ladder at some point you're going to have to jump into management to reach that next threshold like there's no opportunities for growth and more income for the person who's like i'm really good at this but i don't want someone's career in my hand i don't want to do any of that so if, if that's the route you go, like there's a very clear ceiling of how much money you're going to make. And if you want to get past that ceiling, like you're going to have to get into managing and not everyone is a manager and that's the problem. Right. So a lot of people hit that ceiling and it's like, well, I want to make that extra $15,000. And the only way to do that is a manager. And it's like, fine, I'll do it. And they have no interest in being a manager. They just want the money and they're doing the least possible to support their team and grow their team. So yeah, it's like there's the problem is there's no room for financial growth for the person who doesn't want to be a manager. Like if you choose that yep. route, like you're going to be stuck, like you're going to hit your ceiling, and that's anywhere you go. You can change companies all you want to get low. And the thing is, you're going to you're probably going to get more frustrated the more places you go, and the more you realize, mm-hmm. oh, there is a ceiling to just being an individual contributor, which is it's probably frustrating. I look at sometimes I look at being a manager the same way I look at like coaching like whenever someone asks me do you ever feel like you would be like a good track coach it's like i i i i value perfection so much that i don't even know if i would be the 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 coach that i'd want to be because like i really value perfection like let's and i i value like work ethic so like if you're not trying to be the absolute best or like have like this mindset of like yo it's like Champion, not I don't want to say championship or bust because not all always about winning, but it's about competing, always competing at the highest level you can possibly compete at. You're automatically going to frustrate me, and when I get frustrated with people, bro, we've seen what happens. <laughs> because yeah, you you're right. It's so so now it's like I think the older I get, you know, I'm I'm getting closer to thirty. It's like I eventually at some point I do gotta because I do feel like hey, there might be somebody out here who really values my leadership approach because i'm i'm very straightforward there's not a lot of there's not a lot of black and gray with me yeah. i mean black and white with me no there's no gray with me it's always black and white i'm just going to give it to you straight i'm always going to give it to you which in itself may not be the best leadership managerial quality because 
There are some people who just want straight directness, but there's some people who think that directness can come off cold. Yes. And the problem being a manager is everyone's problem becomes your problem, right? Like if I'm an individual and someone on the team is sick, that's cool. I can still get my work done. If you're a manager and someone's out sick, I got to do my job and I got to do their job. And your job. Yeah, that's listen. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'm good on that. Listen, there's got to, is there like a, listen, y'all be out here selling everything under the sun, including yourselves. Somebody out here need to sell a, how to be, the best, how to make an individual contributor the best manager, sort of, sort of course. I'm because sure Michael Scott has a same, about that. You're right. Listen, you ever you watch Peyton and Eli? You seen how frustrated Peyton yes. gets when he watches some of this QB play? Yes, that bro, that he would not, he, he would not be a good coach at all. I I feel very very similar. Not calling myself the sheriff, not calling myself a Hall of Famer or one of the greatest at my profession, but. The way he looks at his particular profession and judges it, I look at it the same and like I get. Yeah. No, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to us as we kind of started this off. Just random kind of venting. But welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 134 of Speak On It. Ladies and gentlemen, you are joined as always, as always, by the smoothest man on the East Coast. Because when you see... This bald fade, it can only be one brother, the good brother, Lowe's D. Mix. And of course, I'm joined by the smoothest bald head on the East Coast, my brother, Danny Ocean. How are we doing? Oh, we living over here. It's been a good day. It's a very busy day, but it's a good day. Very busy day. Kyle, I see you in the chat. What's good, What's Kyle? good? Thanks for popping up with us. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I know we're about 20 minutes in, so we'll get right to it. Listen. Today, we're going to chat a little bit of NFL. We're going to chat a little bit uh, in basketball, both professionally and collegiately. We had the All-Star Weekend. We had some big accomplishments in college basketball. Uh, we'll chat a little bit about college coaches, the the landscape. Uh, particularly, I know the NCAA president even came out with a quote earlier today that I thought was pretty funny. We we'll ended it with a little WWE talk. Let's go. Anything else we want to we want to talk about? We'll we'll talk about in between. But Danny, let's start right. Speaking of teams, speaking of managers, speaking of coordinators, let's start in the NFL. We're going to talk about a few. We're going to just run through a few headlines around the league. Uh, let's start in Vegas. We're not talking about the Super Bowl. We're talking about literally the Las Vegas Raiders in their quarterback room. Jimmy G, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know if you heard. Jimmy G was on them roids. So, Danny. PEDs. He was on the PEDs. He got suspended a couple games, which he's appealing. Also, in this, the Raiders have already confirmed that they do not plan to bring him back. So, Danny, how did Jimmy G get the answers to the test and still manage to fail the test? Jimmy G's yearning for porn stars has finally caught up to him. Wait, wait, wait. Say that again. <laughs> Yearning to be with porn stars has caught up with him, I'm afraid. Because a PED suspension that's only two games tells me something. It's it's not egregious, but it's enough to be like, hey, dog, maybe you should calm down. And the only thing. I oh, I think I know. I think I the think only thing can I, can you, I go you need to calm down from is. Can I, can I, can, can I talk? Because I think we're about to go to the same place. Yes. Jimmy G. I know you're in Vegas. I know there's a certain echelon of women that you may see with your salary 
that they know that you have, mm -hmm. they might ask you for, they might charge you for some of their services. Mm -hmm. Jimmy G, you got to leave the Viagras alone, bro. Yep. You got to leave the Viagras alone. You got to leave the honey packs alone. You got to leave the pick horsepower alone. Shout out to Cameron. You got to leave it alone. It's PDs, brother. It's illegal. You on them drugs. That's okay. Now, now, Danny, what I, my theory is, my man Jimmy G recently, you know, toward the end of the season, he know he benched. He ain't played in a minute. He out there watching Aiden O'Connell play. He over there thinking, yo, okay, I already got my money, so fuck it. He got it. He went after, you know, maybe after the game they beat Kansas City in Kansas City. They came back to Vegas, and Jimmy V's. Jimmy, Jimmy V. v. <laughs> Jimmy V decided he wanted to go out and party. He went out and party, met up with a few of them things. And it wasn't just one thing, because I feel like Jimmy G probably felt like if it was one thing, he probably had the manpower to handle that by himself. Yeah. But it was a few of them things. A few of them things. And you know, when they run in the two-on-one fast break, Jimmy G said he needed a receiver to throw the ball to. Hey, he said that. So he went, he went and got his favorite receiver, the Viagra pack, yeah. the honey pack. He said that thing was open. Listen, Jim, listen, how embarrassing is it? If you're Jimmy, if you're Jimmy G, how embarrassing is it? I mean, what's more embarrassing? Getting suspended for probably being on a Viagra sort of thing and then getting tested or getting called into the league office. And they, and there's, Sir, what is this? What, what is Def, this? What's this? Definitely you the gotta tell him. You got to tell him, hey, I was, uh, I, was, I was on them dick drugs. I was on Hey, I feel Jimmy I, I, suspended for dick pills is why. Here's the thing. He walks into Roger Goodell's office like, yo, I was on dick pills. Roger's probably like, hey, I can understand, but I still gotta get you some. I gotta get you some. Uh, Jimmy, listen, I'm not gonna say you're wrong in using them, but you can't use them during the season. Hey man, or or you know, give me a heads up so we we can look the other way because who among us oh my hasn't Hold used on. dick pills? Hold on. NFL PEDs. Listen. All right. Listen to the NFL banned substance list. Okay. Um, anabolic agents. Yep. Um, Why you look at that? Because there's because there are some things like I remember that at a time in Lane Johnson's career, he got suspended twice with PEDs, and it wasn't anything egregious. It was something uh, and something that he was eating or drinking, and he had to stop because if you get a third if you get suspended three times for PDs, I think it's like a whole season. So sometimes it's just something that's random. What is dick pills on there? It would be considered a stimulant, right? It should be. Yes. It, it, yeah. Yeah. It increases your heart rate. Um, adrenaline. I mean, they can't even take a methamphetamine. So like they can't take an Adderall. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I think you can, but I think you have to have a note. If you if you have an excuse, I think you're okay. Can't take a a Ritalin, a Daytrona, a Metadate, a Methylin, Pro, Provigil, Octrodine. What are some of these things? Kyle, what's the what's the medical term for dick? What pill? is the medical name for Viagra or something like that? So I can see. Yeah, what's the medical term for dick pill? Oh, brother, they got some names on here. They got some names on here. Jimmy G. You wild now, Danny. We're wild for putting dick pills on Jimmy G, but two games, <laughs> two, two games, two games. Like I said, two games is it's like okay, dog, this isn't egregious, but we gotta let you know. Like, this tells me he might have he's might have been popped before, 
And they're like, hey, Jimmy, calm down. And he was like, no, nah, that thing poking. I got to stand up in it. And he got no. You know what's funny? Imagine if this was his second time. Roger Goodell, Jimmy, we told you about the dick pills. Jimmy, we told you we were about to test you. We we called you and told you we're going to test you on this day. Don't use the dick pill on this day. Come on, man. He might have an addiction. Oh, uh, I mean, living in Vegas. It Thank makes you. sense why that brother would want to go to Vegas. Hey, special Super Bowl. Thank Kyle, you, Kyle. You let know. us know what the medical name is. <laughs> I know you don't want to do it, Kyle, but we appreciate you. Yeah, we appreciate you. While Kyle does that, let's talk about a lo- something a little bit more. Uh... Actually, let's stay. Let's stay in the play playful bag. Actually, no. No, let's go where we, were, where we was gonna go. Okay. Listen. Speaking of Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan and the San Francisco 49ers recently parted ways with defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes shortly after uh, the Super Bowl last week. Now, this caught a lot of people by surprise because after the Super Bowl, Kyle Shanahan made basically made it seem like, hey, I mean, we're going to – he didn't give an indication that there would be any staff changes. Mm-hmm. Shortly after that, Steve, Steve Wilkes is let go, and they're citing philosophical differences as the reason. Now, when I heard about this, it took me about a day or two to really process – that I think Steve Wilkes is being scapegoated here as the reason why the 49ers lost the Super Bowl. So, Danny, let me ask you something. Are you smelling the scapegoat here like I'm smelling the scapegoat? 1,000%. I'll say Steve Wilkes held Patrick Mahomes to 19 points in regulation. One offensive touchdown in regulation. If you would have told Kyle Shanahan the day before – Hey man, this defense is going to hold Kansas City to 19 points. He might have gave given Steve Wilkes an extension. Steve Wilkes didn't get the didn't decide to receive the ball in overtime. Steve Wilkes didn't fumble. Steve Wilkes didn't do anything that caused that team to lose. Steve Wilkes didn't pop Drake Greenlaw's Achilles while he was running on the field. If I'm Steve Wilkes, I am not a violent man, but Kyle gonna have to have we're gonna have to have a conversation. Now there were reports there. I'm sorry. Oh. I was saying there were there were some no, things ahead, like they had some disagreements over the course of the season. Like Kyle Shanahan likes to run a, a wide nine four three. Steve Wilkes wants to run a th- uh, three four. Steve Wilkes wants to call plays from the booth. Kyle Shan wants his D coordinator to be on the sidelines, like stuff like that. But the 49ers still have one of the best defenses in the league. Like, what are we doing here, man? Like, what are you doing? Like, from a pure statistical standpoint. That his defense was better than the defense you had D'Amico Ryans and Robert Sala running that didn't make any Super Bowl. His defense got you to the Super Bowl and really kept you in the game. 1,000%. And that's that after not- losing Drake Greenlaw, right? Like, that's after losing your enforcer. Now, Kyle, in the comments, said, Steve Wilkes, the NFL favorite scapegoat. He goes on to say, here, Steve, you can be a head coach, but your QB choices are Mike Glennon and Josh Rosen. Well, that's well, that sucked. Let's get let's get a new QB without you, Steve. Like, think about that. He was a head coach for the the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. They gave him Mike Glennon and Josh Rosen. Obviously, they didn't do well. They won like one or two games that year. The next year they bring in Kyler Murray. He gets fired. They bring in Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. I mean, uh, Steve Wilkes get fired. They bring in Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Like. What is going on? I don't. This is what I don't get. 
Kyle Shanahan, before you fire the man that kept you in the Super Bowl that you probably should have got blown out in, where is this, like, where's the mirror to hold thyself any type of accountable for anything that happened? Nope, that ain't gonna happen. Like, I think you said it. Kyle, who was calling the who was calling eight straight runs in the third quarter to begin to, to begin the third? I mean, who was call, who called eight straight runs to begin the third quarter when you had an opportunity to go up two scores mm-hmm. on Patrick Mahomes? Had you played aggressively, then you would have put them in a position where I don't think they can come back from two scores. No, no, no. Actually, no, they did because they were down 10 points. Kyle, so, whose offense did, points and 14 points is very different. Kyle, what unit didn't get a first down the entire third quarter? It was your offense. Woo. Like if we, if we, who didn't get a first down in 15 minutes of play, my brother, that was your offense. That was your offense. Three and out. Three because and the third out. quarter is what got the teams back in it, yep. right? Three and out, 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 all third quarter. That was you. That was you, playboy. Yep. And it wasn't like, and it wasn't like the Chiefs were just going up and down. Kyle, he's talking about Kyle Shanahan, by the way. Oh yeah, Kyle uh, Shanahan, my back, Kyle. And it's not like the Chiefs' offense was just up and down the field, bro. I mean, like. The Chiefs' offense that third quarter would be like three plays, get a first down, two plays, third down, third th- third down incompletion, punt. Next next possession, maybe a little bit longer drive, they get a field goal. Next drive, they come out there, they punt again. Like, come on, Kyle. But but Kyle, instead of blaming the quarterback that you really don't have as much confidence in as you led all the people to believe, go ahead and fire your entire defensive coordinator. You know what that tells me? Not only are you lacking in true accountability, uh, 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 true leadership, but what you're what you're really trying to do is you're trying to alienate everybody else but you. Yeah, and you but you and you fired him at a time when you knew he wouldn't get another job. Like all the D coordinator roles are filled, and he probably didn't get an interview, or you probably denied his other interviews that he may have had for head coaching positions because you want him to focus on the Super Bowl, and you kept probably kept telling him that you were going to bring him back. Yep. Now, I'm not going to I'm not gonna let John Lynch, the GM, nope. off the hook. I'm not going to let the York family that owns the 49ers off the hook. This is a bad, this is a bad look for uh, the Rooney rule. This is a bad look for diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, or whatever the trendy word is. I like, it's just, it's really, really, really disturbing and it really disturbs me because last year you remember in carolina steve wilkes took a bad team and at least got them to 500 yep and they said thank you fired for frank wright who didn't last even half the season what are we like what are we doing what are we doing here man which is funny because the 49ers are known as an organization that gives people of color like Chances. especially homegrowns like Robert Sala, D'Amico Ryan's are both head coaches. That's true. And I don't know, man. Kyle's just Kyle just being Kyle. Kyle Shanahan. Now, if you're it. if you're Steve Wilkes, you probably are even more mad because this young motherfucker had a spoon in his mouth his entire life. His mm-hmm. dad was a head coach. He gets his first head coaching job at like thirty or forty something. Steve Wilkes is about fifty something. He's like fifteen years older than this guy, and you firing me after I took your sorry ass to the Super Bowl with my defense, and we were the reason why y'all were even competitive, son. I'm like I'm his, right now. I can I would put a little bit of my own salary money on a bet 
that when Kyle and Steve Wilkes had that conversation, Steve Wilkes got some shit off his chest. Oh, yeah. There was definitely security in the room. Had to be. Had to 1, be. You're going to fire me? Or at least Yo, John Wilkes was you in the room. You wouldn't even call a pass for Brock Purdy, but you firing the brother that was holding Patrick Mahomes to 25 total points and 19. I got pressure on Patrick Mahomes with four the entire game. Mm. 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 The ghetto. A uh, little callback, ladies and gentlemen. Kyle confirmed that the medical name for Viagra is Sildenafil. So let's see. Is Sildenafil um, banned by the NFL? Viagra is not banned. Okay, so he must have had Viagra on steroids. I, we don't know for oh sure. Oh, my God. No oh. Jimmy G. Oh my god. What is it? What'd you find? <laughs> of course, when you type in anything into Google, you type in is is this a, a banned substance in the NFL? One of the articles that popped up from three years ago, Chad Johnson played most of his career while on Viagra. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, can I share my screen? Oh. Yes, hold on. Let me hold on. Let me share my screen. Yeah, so you should you should have sharing power. I got it. There it is, brother. Brother. Oh my gosh. Oh. Chad Johnson played most of his career while on what? That fits. That fits. I took Chad Johnson on July 28th, 2020, ladies and gentlemen. I took Viagra before every game, and people thought they'd stop me. If my stat line was bad, I wasn't covered. The pass was just incomplete. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, brother. I, I didn't know that. I did. Crazy. How is he alive? He ate McDonald's and took Viagra. His entire career. Makes you wonder if the whole diet thing is really real or not. He is a different don't. He is a different human being. Because you know this impromptu topic, but there have been a there have been way more athletes than you think who kind of come out and say, "Yo, when it comes to that diet shit, yeah, I be eating whatever." That's true. I heard Floyd say it. I heard Usain Bolt say it. Chad Johnson say it. I've heard a lot of. It, it usually starts with. I mean, the usual question is, "Yo, you eat McDonald's and." People be like, yeah, I eat McDonald's. You shit me? You might right. I eat McDonald's. It makes you wonder, like, okay, when Floyd Mayweather came out and said, yeah, I hang out with bad bitches, I eat McDonald's, I stay up late partying, and none of y'all can still beat me. And I was just like, well, but I mean, he does does box. So if he's eating, <laughs> if he's eating McDonald's and partying with baddies, and then somewhere in the corner, fifties asking him to read the first page of a Harry Potter book. That's still the coldest <laughs> diss <of> ever. <laughs> if you read one page Listen, in the Harry Potter was, book, no, it? it was it was like this is a special ALCS challenge to you, Floyd. If you can read ten pages from a Harry Potter book in word, I'll give I'll give you fifty thousand dollars to whatever charity you want. Fuck the fucking eyes. That's how you know it Listen, listen, listen. You know what? You know what I think is the funniest but most respectful thing about Fifty Cent is my man will hold on to that beef. Yes. If Fifty don't like you, he does not like it's you. it's for life. It's for life. It's for life. I appreciate that. He still, oh, he still hate Fat man. Joe. <laughs> he, fam, he's, still, he's still been going at Diddy. He still go at Ross. So funny. 
Danny, I got a question yep. for you. Um, it is NFL franchise tag season. So as you look across the landscape of the NFL, yep. who do you think has the hardest decision to make when it comes to franchising a player? This offseason. Uh, for me, I feel like it's the Colts and it's the Bengals, like Michael Pittman Jr. and T. Higgins. Mm. Like for me, especially T. Higgins. Great, great. Like I think especially Michael Pittman yeah, Jr. I think those two might be the toughest decisions. Well, no, I would say I was saying out of T. Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr. I actually think the Colts have a harder decision yes. with Michael Pittman Jr. than the Bengals do with T. Higgins. Personally, I'll, I'll say this and I'll let you go. Personally. If I'm the Bengals, I sign him to that franchise tag, and then I look to trade him because you can get – pass catcher is not necessarily where I would try to revamp the offense if I'm the Bengals. Like, yeah. like yes, you obviously would love to have T and Jamar Chase together, but if – but if – if defense or maybe like offensive line is maybe an area where you could really get a little bit more bang for your buck, I would try to trade T Higgins to a team that needs a wide receiver that is willing to trade a starting offensive lineman or start a defensive lineman, maybe a starting corner or draft picks or stuff like that. Cause I think yes, receiver is a premium position, but you have a premium wide receiver. Yeah. So if you have one premium wide receiver, you still got Tyler Boyd, you still got, you know, Joe makes in the backfield, you get some draft capital back. You could potentially draft another good wide receiver, especially in a deep wide receiver class. I think this would be the type of class that the Bengals could sit on their first round pick and draft their first first round pick. I mean, first round wide receiver or try to trade with like a um, try to trade with a team like a fucking, I don't know, like the Patriots or somebody like that who maybe has like an offensive lineman that you can maybe go and trade for. But they because they need the offensive firepower you yeah. know what i'm saying um so i think that's I, that's a tougher decision I, I think the colts have a tougher decision than the Bengals. but if i think in terms of like the team in general that i think has the biggest decision to make in terms of franchising the player i'm actually going to say the carolina panthers because y'all are going to have to make a decision oh, yeah it's between brian burns and no it i think it's by uh brian burns is who they're going to franchise tag but it's do you franchise tag him or not i don't think you do I think I think he is not really? on hold as Brian Burns. I don't think he's on the the timeline. 27 28. Yeah. I don't think he's on the timeline cuz they they are 2 to 3 years away. No, he's 25. Okay. Maybe you do it. I thought he was yeah. older than 25. Cuz it yeah I, yeah, I thought he was too. Cuz your, your goal is you hopefully Bryce Young in 2 or 3 years like you're starting to be in a space where you can compete for division titles. Brian Burns would be 28 entering his prime. So, yeah, I would tag Brian and try to give him an extension. Pay him now before you got to pay everybody else. Pay everyone before you got to pay Bryce. Man. Well, that's – but that's if you have to end up paying Bryce. Yeah, I mean, we we, we have we have to move as if Bryce is our guy. So, pay everybody before you pay Bryce. Like, you want everyone's contract to be, like, de-escalating while his is getting higher. Hmm. You know, it's, it's so fascinating to me when I look at the NFL versus the NBA. In the NBA, to, to trade like a star player, like you know the package is just going to pause. You know the package is going to be big. Pause again. Uh, versus like when you trade for a star player in the NFL, brother, some of those, some of the packages, you'd be like, 
that's it. A third round like, pick, a fifth round. Yeah, it's insane. Like the it's 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 like, hard to determine the value of an NFL starter. Like the Jets got Aaron Rodgers from us for maybe a couple seconds, and that's where and that's and that's with Aaron holding them hostage. Like I want to go to the Jets, nowhere else. Yeah, and I was yeah, it it. it I think that will always baffle me about the differences between the NFL and the NBA. Like you could, hey, like it. Imagine 10, 15 years from now, someone trading for Patrick Mahomes for like two third round picks and like a second round pick. Steal of the century. Like Cal said Tyler like Boyd what? is a free agent. So it's going to be very interesting in Cincinnati. I did not know that. You know, it's funny. I think since Cincy and their owner is, is, has a reputation. Oh yes. Being one of the cheaper. He has a big reputation so. of being cheap. He, Someone had to break his arm for him to open his wallet to pay Joe Burrow. Really? Oh, yeah. That that family is cheap. Same as the Browns. Like the Browns, the Bengals. Oh, yeah. Of course. Because wasn't wasn't the Bengals created by the guy who started the Browns? So, so like Paul Brown? They, yeah, they, they just cheap dog. Paul, listen. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, when you get that owner, like a Jerry Jones, who want to pay his people... Appreciate them. Appreciate yeah. them. Because I tell you right now, I'd rather have the owner that always wants to pay people to try to be competitive than the owner who tries to cheap cheap his way out just so he can make a little bit more money in the back end. Like, hey, yo, dog, I'll fight you right now. We, like, you is rich. Like, this couple hundred, man. We, we about to see how much Jerry want to spend because he has three players at three premium positions that are ready to get Micah, CD, and who Dak. else? Dak is due for an extension. Dak going to command 60 a year. Didn't they just pay him? Yeah, but he's in the last. So Dak can get extended this year. He has a no trade clause. Like Dak has all the leverage. And the way Jerry Jones be taking shots at him in the media, oh yeah, dog, run me my paper. Sixty million is the floor. Dak about to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. I promise you that. So you think they? You think they pay him? Oh, what you gonna do if Dak leaves? What you gonna do? You, Not you pay him. Trey Lance is ready. Somebody else. You will make that bet. Um, you gonna make that bet? Here, here's a thought for you. Imagine if Trey Lance turns out to be a bona fide stud. I, I think it's a possibility, but do you think he's ready for that right now? Who listen, all if the Packers have shown me anything, you give a QB a little bit of time, you never Jordan know. Love they had might three years. Be. Trey Lance has had four months. That's the same draft class, my brother. I mean, with Trey Lance, maybe a, I would say Trey Lance's confidence is probably a little shakier than Jordan Love. Yeah, but you've been sitting behind Dak Prescott for the last two years. No, and he you've just been got to, he just got life. to Dallas last year, didn't he? Even better. So you've been you've you've been in you've been on the team for a year. You've gotten uh, you you you've you've gotten some good learning behind Dak. Let's just say uh, after this year. After this upcoming year, Dak goes in the fridge. That's two years under this system, and that's so. Uh, you think you, you know, think the Cowboys are going to go into this year with Dak on an expiring deal? Yes, that's crazy. That is insane. You know why? Because I I think if this is a proven year for Mike McCarthy, it's a proven year for Dak Prescott too. So if I'm Jerry, no, my G, I'm not insane. paying you. You want to do something? Win a fucking playoff oh, game. Terrible. Make the NFC Championship game. If I'm Jerry Jones, I swear. If I'm Jerry, I'll, I'll take a step further. If I'm Jerry Jones, I'm looking Dak and I'm looking Mike McCarthy in the eyes, like uh, the the Bulls GM before the last dance. I'm looking him in the eyes and saying this: 
NFC Championship game or you Dallas Cowboys next year. Plain and simple. Here's here's the thing. Jerry Jones has played. Well, this I would game I would have to, I would have to say like health aside, like everyone stays healthy and nothing goes like no, no, it has to be health. Like Dak, if you get hurt, different story. We can address that as it goes. But if you play majority of this season, and Coach McCarthy, you coach all of this season, if you guys don't make an NFC Championship game, it's over. Listen, it's over. Man. And that, that would be me. Because at some point, you keep doing the same thing over and over again. How was this not insanity? Jerry Jerry did this with Dak's first contract before 2020, and the price of the brick went up exponentially. He could have re-signed Dak. How was it, 2018-2019? Yeah, Jerry sure. refused. Then he did, and then Dak had a crazy year and mm-hmm. gave him the big money. And the brick went up. If you don't pay Dak this year at $60 million a year, well, guess what? Next year, the contract's going to be $65, $67 million a year. Jerry? Yeah, but Stop if he don't pay him around. this year, he can take that money and spread it around. He, what, he, else he need, what else do they need in Dallas? They, they have, they're they stacked on both sides of the ball. What else do they need? Wins. NFC Championship game at least. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm saying if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm at a point now where it's like, yo, dog, y'all have – I if I'm Jerry Jones, like, yo, dog, I have seen Philly go to three Super Bowls since we have last won our last one. They've only they, – yes, Philly has only won one of those three Super Bowls they've been in this century. We have not been to a Super Bowl since – in this millennium. In this millennium. This century. We have not been to a Super Bowl and been to an NF- NFC Championship game. No. No. If I'm Jerry Jones, this is it. Y'all don't make it – if y'all don't make it to the NFC Championship game, I'm cutting the umbilical cord. I'm sorry. that You got to get off the titty at some point. Mm. Yeah, that's a, that's a bold bet. Yeah, Kyle, no, yeah, Jerry but at Jones some point you just gotta. At what point do results matter? Like, at what point do me as the owner of this team? I'm getting old. All I want to do before I die is see my damn Dallas Cowboys win one Super Bowl. I keep giving y'all all this damn money. When the fuck am I gonna see a return on my investment, Jerry? I'm with you. I'm, I'm literally with you. Go, go ask the Thank commanders. You, Kyle. Oh, Kyle's cooking right now. So Kyle said, so Dallas will do to Dak what the Vikings just did to Cousins. Yes. Um, he also goes on to say maybe Amari Cooper was right. I'm curious, Kyle. What do you mean by that? I'm very I think I think Amari made a dig at Jerry before he left once upon a time, but not 100% sure. Mm. He also goes on to say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had the highest losing percentages among current teams for a while. They have two Super Bowl wins since the Cowboys last. Yes! I mean, bro, you if you think, bro, you can pull out some stats that'll make you if you're a, a true Cowboys fan, fam. Let's just name some teams that have been to Super Bowls since the Cowboys have last been to the NFC Championship game. We're not talking about the Eagles, the Patriots, the Packers, some of these like prestigious teams that were there when the Cowboys were in their prime days. I'm talking about teams like I've seen the Rams go to multiple Super Bowls. I've seen the Bengals go to a Super Bowl. I've seen the Ravens win a Super Bowl. I've seen. Yeah. I mean, like we we can keep going. Seen Tampa Bay win a Super Bowl. I've seen Tampa Bay win a Super Bowl. I've seen the Cardinals be in a Super Bowl. I've seen the Steelers yes. win a Super Bowl yes. and go to another one. Like, yep. I've seen Eli Manning win two. Big dog. Eli Manning two. has won two. Before Dallas has even gotten back to an NFC championship game. At what point does Jerry say enough is a fucking y'all are embarrassing me? If if Dak reached the open market, let me tell you, 
60 million would be the opening bid. He would probably get 65, 70. And this is not my way of saying if Dak was to hit the open market, he wouldn't get paid because I fully believe Dak Prescott is going to get paid. But what I'm saying is the person who's paying you, eventually they're just going to want, I'm not going to pay you 60 million. And I've been giving you 50, 45 to 60. I've been giving you 45, 50 million last couple of years. And the only thing you've gotten me is a first and a second round exit. Let me tell you something. If you if the Saints sign Dak Prescott Prescott and they're guaranteed a win in the division around and then eliminate it, they take it. Yeah, but guess, the, what? The, but guess what though? What? They have been to they have they won a Super Bowl oh mm-hmm. nine. They were essentially the most boneheaded miracle play in NFL history away from going to another NFC championship game and probably beating the Eagles that year. But oh, well. you've been listening to Alvin Kamara. No, Maybe. that's the truth. I Maybe. believe that no that one, no one, was I walking, was on, no I was one, one was walking in Philly that night. That that Saints team would have given y'all a run for y'all's money. No one was walking in the link that night and winning. Nobody, nobody. Not and a soul. I love Kyle's point. Kyle says the Saints are probably the one team without a franchise quarterback that can't afford Dak. That's fair. very true because about- the Saints. The Saints be spending, bro. That family be spending. They're like over, they're almost like 51, 52 million over the cap. Hilarious. All right, how about this? If he went to the Bears, you don't think they would take that? You don't think they would take a playoff appearance every year and lose in the first or second round? Sign me up. But now, the but Bears look you're talking about. You're talking to it. You're talking about a team that in 06 went to a Super Bowl. So, like, they've experienced themselves. Now, it's been close to 10 years and maybe about what? 20. Uh, probably no. Since they since they were in the super, yeah, they a little over twenty years ago since they've been in the Super Bowl, almost twenty years ago since they've been in the Super Bowl. But they were in the playoffs, maybe like first or second year of uh, 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 what's the guy Matt Nagy? First year they went twelve and four, lost off, lost That's to true. the Doink to y'all, they lost to the Doink. To I'm y'all, looking at so. all the NFC teams. Only in the only NFC teams that have not been into a Super Bowl since the Cowboys last time. Detroit's never been. The Vikings haven't been. And I think that's it. Commanders haven't been. Everyone else has been. That is hilarious. Like, imagine if you are, yo, if you are Jerry Jones, just hearing that stat, bro, you, how do you not drop to your knees like Lil Durk in the video? I'd be so sick to my stomach. Dog, you mean to tell us that the only teams that have not been to an NFC championship game since we last won our last championship is the Detroit Lions. And who else? Uh, it was the Lions and the Vikings. The Vikings have the been Lions and, the, and the Commanders. And the Commanders. And the com- All right. Well, the entire yeah. NFC South and the entire NFC West have been to a Super Bowl since Dallas was last. That's hilarious. That is crazy, Jerry. I understand, big dog. I understand. I understand. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, when you hear that, no, 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 Danny. When you hear that step. It's only the Commanders, the Lions, and the uh, the Vikings have not been to a Super Bowl since the Cowboys' last Super Bowl. Now think back to that that game versus the Packers like a few weeks, about a month ago. Do you remember Jerry Jones' comments after that game? That brother was like – he said that is one of the most shocking things that I have ever been a part of in my life. So he was so confident they were going to win a Super Bowl. He – he couldn't even fathom a lot. Oh yeah, he was like, he was like, I haven't, I haven't thought about exit interviews because I thought we'd be game planning this week 
for the division. I'm, yes, I'm he about said to that. double the fuck. No, I'm doubling the fuck down. I absolutely know the reason why he did not fire Mike McCarthy is because he basically told him, we're going to run this back one more time. But Mike, I'm looking you in the eyes. You and Dak, this is it. NFC Championship game or it's over. And I think that's very, very fair. I'm not one, I'm not someone who believes in always firing the head coaches. But in a situation like this, when you think, bro, the brother's getting old. All he want to do is see his team. I don't even, of course he wants to see them win the Super Bowl. But I think he wants the Cowboys and that brand back in this age of the Super Bowl. Because remember, back when they was playing, back when they was playing the Super Bowl, it was the Super Bowl. But it won't. This version of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They ain't got the Ushers, Rihanna's, Beyonce, Bruno Mars at halftime. They're not sitting 60, Whoa, 70, they, 80, they, had, they, have, they have Michael Jackson and Whitney Houston singing the national anthem. Hold on now. And when? What year was that? When did Michael Jackson do the halftime show? Halftime shows. Here we go. I'm going to look them up. I'm looking them up. Okay. List of, list of halftime shows. All right. When was the last, uh, in, uh, when was the last time the Cowboys were in? Um, uh 96 yeah so michael jackson was in 93 because he was the year after the in living in yeah so yeah michael jackson was 93 okay yep. uh i don't know who the fuck they had in 94 clint black tanya tucker travis tritt and the judge yeah so Ooh. michael jackson did 93 the cowboys won 52 to 17 against the bills Fam, Rockin' Country Sunday, Clint Black, Tanya Tucker, Travis Titt, and the mm-hmm. Judds in 94. I didn't know that Super Bowl was something. That sounds racist. Uh, 95, Patty, Patty LaBelle, Indiana Jones, Teddy Pendergr. Oh, my. Marion oh, wow. Ravenwood, Tony So that Bennett. was San Diego and San Francisco. Yeah, okay. 90, 96, Diana Ross. 30 years. That was a celebration of 30 years of the Super Bowl. That's actually kind of fire. Okay. Um, so that was the Cowboys and the Steelers. 97 was the Blues Brothers. That sounds interesting. Oh, and that was in New Orleans? Okay, that's when Green Bay won. Yeah. Yep. 98 was a salute to Motown's 40th. So they had Boys and Men, Smokey Robinson, Martha, Temptations, and uh, Queen Latifah out there with the Gremlin State Marching Band. That's kind Which of is wild. crazy because that was in San Diego, but okay. 99. Celebration of Soul, so Gloria Estevan, Stevie Wonder, Big Bad Voodoo Daddy, and Savion Glover. Hold on, not, hold on. I think I'm in the wrong year. 98, that was in Miami. So that 98 was in San Diego. 99 was in Miami. Okay, so it's a year. And then 2000, it was in? 2000, it was in the Georgia Dome. That was Phil was Collins, Christina Aguilera, Tony Braxton, Enrique Ooh. Iglesias. Um, that's the that's that's Tony Braxton that ripped the Mavericks apart. <laughs> Allegedly. What happened? That's, you haven't heard that story? Who was I, a, I, hold I, on. Who's on that Mavericks team? It was Jason Kidd. I knew it. I knew it. Somebody was sleeping with his wife? No, no, no. Jesus Christ, no. No, that's Steve Nash. I'm sorry. That's You're talking about Tony Parker. That's what it was. Tony Parker. Yeah, so it was Jamal Mashburn. Uh, Jason Kidd, and who was the last one? And Jim Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So allegedly the story goes, I believe two or three of them had set up dates with Tony Braxton. Like they were all interested in Tony Braxton or something like that. And the rumor is that she ripped that team apart. And that's why Jason Kidd asked for a trade. That's the the long end of it. 
and they didn't like each other to begin with. So I, I believe Jason Kidd and Jamal Mashburn, like I believe Jason Kidd and Jim Jackson did not like each other. And Jamal Mashburn didn't like them either. That's actually hilarious. That, oh, that story. There's a there's a SB Nation did a, a video about it. It's quite hilarious. Now, granted, everyone denies it, but it's just too funny for it not to be true. Oh man! In 2002, U2 performed. Um, 2003, right. Shania Twain, no doubt. Mm. Ah, 2004, the infamous, the infamous Janet Jackson, P Diddy, oh. Nelly, Kid Rock, Justin, and Jessica Simpson. Can I tell you a story about that? Go ahead. When I was watching it, I was with my uncle. I was with my family, and he ripped it off. And I was like, yo, I think that's her titty. And they're like, no, ain't no way. Ain't no way that can happen on live TV. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, that's a nipple. <laughs> that's a nipple, bro. I know I'm not the only one who thought that. They were like, no, that's oh. impossible. That can't happen. And I was like, no, that looked like a nipple to me. Oh, man. Brother, I mean... You know what's funny? There is a period of time when the NFL was on some bullshit. So obviously we know, I mean, it's Paul McCarthy 05. Okay. Rolling Stones 06. Okay. We we know who p- performed in 07 while it was raining. Hmm. Prince. The Prince. Come on now. And then the NFL got on some bullshit. Listen to this. 08. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. <laughs> 09. Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Okay, that's okay. That's fine. No, Bruce Springsteen. No, Bruce Springsteen, a legend in these streets. He got, he got, he got hits. I ain't gonna, but come on now. This halftime of the Super Bowl. Come on, give us. That's some, true. To twenty ten, the Who. Ugh, I remember that. Yeah. Twenty eleven, the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah. Twenty twelve, Madonna. I remember that. With Nicki Minaj, M.I.A., CeeLo Green, Andy mm-hmm. Lewis, and some yeah. 2013, Beyonce. Come on now. That's when they started getting back on it. That's when they started getting back on it. That's when they started getting back on it. Then 2014, Bruno Mars and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. So now yeah. they're getting back on it. 2015, Katy Perry. All right. Okay. You know, all right. Cool. Cool. 2016. To me, this is when they knew they fucked up. The headliner was Coldplay. You remember that? I remember that, boy. The headliner was Coldplay. Everybody was like, Coldplay and of course, like that. that's when they double back and said, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna bring Beyonce and Bruno Mars to really set this thing off. So of sorry course, about that. Sorry about that. 2017, I remember this one vividly. Lady Gaga. Oh, and it was in Texas, and she jumped from the top. <laughs> I said, yo, she just committed suicide on live TV. I was like, wait a minute, Katie, where you jumping? Where you jumping? Girl, where you going? Oh man, 2018. In Minneapolis, this was your Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You remember who performed? No, I did not watch halftime. I was so nervous. Justin Timberlake. I was so nervous that night. I didn't watch anything. Uh, and then 2019 was Maroon 5 with Travis Scott and Big Boy. Oh, yeah, because I was in mm-hmm. uh, Mercedes Benz. What the fuck did they have Travis Scott out there doing? Oh. Playing drums. They had him out there to perform Sicko Mode. That's funny. Oh. Oh, Literally. yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is yep. funny. All right, 2020. That's when they brought in Rock Nation, right? Yep. So that's when they had Shakira and J Lo. Remember that? We were there. Banger. You saw that. They also brought out Bad Bunny, J Balvin, 
You know, it was real Hispanic, real like real old to the Latino vibe. Where was it at? Was it in Miami? It was. How did you know? Because I because I <laughs> The, yeah, that's screaming. Ladies and gentlemen, please forgive us. 2021, <laughs> that's when they had the weekend. I remember that one. That one was fire. I like that's that one. We were all on a coke binge together as a nation. Oh, yeah. We were all confused, but fire. 2022, this was the West Side. That's yep. Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J, Kendrick, 50 Cent, yep. Anderson Pop. And then last year, we know Rihanna. And then obviously this year, Usher. Mr. Studio Girl. So really, there was a period, in my opinion, late two thousand, late not early two thousands. The NFL was early to mid two thousands. NFL was kind of on some bullshit. Oh one and oh two, like U two to in, Aerosmith and NSYNC to U two. Maybe it's the times. I know, you know, because uh, you know, oh one. That's when I don't want to miss a thing. It's going to be me walk this way. Oh, yeah, that's justified, Justin. Yeah. Uh, bye, bye, bye. So, we'll see. Kyle said the Lady Gaga halftime show was one of the best. I, it, it's it's up there for me. Uh, all right, let's let's quickly run through some of these other ones. So, Danny, what's more likely to happen? Fletcher Cox retiring, Jason Kelsey retiring, or both coming back next season? Jason Kelsey retiring. Really? You think Fletcher I Cox think he, coming I back? Think, I don't think Fletcher's an eagle next year. Oh, you think he's playing elsewhere? I think he's playing elsewhere. I think he has a couple of good years left in him. I know the Eagles have put a lot in Jordan Davis and Jalen Carter, and it's time to play those guys. Um, I hope Fletcher's back. I don't think he's black. Black. I don't think he's back. And I think I think Jason's gone. Damn. I think Jason Kelsey's gone. Damn. Uh, we talked a lot about the Cowboys, so we won't we won't go into it. But congratulations to Mike Zimmer. He was hired yep. as the Cowboys DC. You heard where I thought. You you heard my thoughts. Mike Zimmer, handle your business. And your business. Last NFL football question for you, Danny. Yep. If you're the Steelers or the Falcons, are you interested in Justin Fields or Russell Wilson, or is it just time to draft that next guy? Give me the guy with the most potential. Give me Justin Fields because neither one of those teams are ready to win now. If you're ready to win now, sure, you might get away with Russell Wilson, but those teams are nowhere near ready to win now. Give me the guy with the high ceiling. Wait, hold on. Wait a minute, hold on. If you're ready to win now, Russell Wilson is where you'd want to go? I'm just saying, like, you could justify going How? to Russell Wilson because he's experienced. But I would take Justin Fields no matter what. I would honestly say Justin Fields. But my reasoning isn't because he has the most potential. He's cheaper. And he's he's cheaper, cheaper. And there's a better oppor- there's a better chance of him being cheaper, it working out, and you being in a position to pay him long-term than Russell Wilson. Because you know Russell Wilson, he coming he coming for the bag. So he's going to try to get that bag up front just off of that that lucky Super Bowl he won back in 2013. Oh, that's crazy. Hey, how dare you speak about another brother like that? Well, it's... That's crazy. Listen, <clears throat> basketball-wise... Oh, actually, Kyle. Here, here we go. Kyle says, please trade for Justin Fields if you're the Steelers or the Falcons or anyone. Just get him out of that trash franchise in Chicago. Mm, that's hate. I honestly feel really bad for Justin Fields because here's what I'll say, and then we can move on. From what I've seen in Justin Fields, this last year, I probably saw the most development and growth from him in terms of playing the quarterback position. But the Bears ended up, because 
because the Panthers were stupid enough to trade them their first round pick of this year, then once the Bears figured out they were getting the number one overall pick, I think they basically, if I personally feel like the Bears have talked themselves into taking Caleb Williams. I think if if the Panthers end up getting two, three, four, five, they're just saying we'll run it back with Justin and build around him. But and I think once they realize they got the number one overall pick, I fully believe they fully talk themselves into uh, taking on take just taking a quarterback, which is yeah. which to well, me it's cheaper. It's cheaper. It is cheaper. It is cheap. It is it is cheaper, but. The, the the projected number one overall pick is, has basically leaked to the public. He don't want to come play for y'all because y'all are like, no, that story's false. Please, Caleb never said that. Listen, I don't like to call people liars, but I do. You can just say cap. But I don't think, I don't think shit just gets made up, right? Shit don't just you don't up. you don't think ball sack sport just be making stuff up? I I. I uh, how do I say this? I think with some of those, there has to be an inkling of some rumors going around, and I think that's okay. how they like. I don't know. I, I I just the Bears the Bears offense was bad, but I don't think it was. I think it was a scheme coaching problem. I don't think it was a personnel problem. I, yes, they need better wide receivers, but like this is the draft class where you take one or two really good wide receivers early like i'll throw something out there if i'm the bears i seriously consider drafting marvin harrison jr number one and then drafting another wide receiver with their other first round pick because they got two you don't need, they you need i think so you ain't gonna do that you can just trade with washington or new england so they can make sure they get caleb williams and then you get marvin harrison jr yeah so i, I don't know I, I I agree with Kyle, his most recent comment. The Bears really let Justin Fields down. The coach, the GM, like it's 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 really sad. And what's gonna be even more sad is if they let him go somewhere else and he starts really kicking up, and then they gotta go through two, three, four more years of subpar QB play. Cause it's like, okay, it's clear you guys just do not know how to evaluate coach scheme, put this position in the best place to succeed. Sad. I'm um sure you and Kyle would not lose sleep over that. No, 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 no. We got to worry about the Lions now and whatever the fucking Vikings decide to do. The Lions, it's going to be, we're going to be seeing a lot of the Lions for the next five years. Um, all right. NBA All-Star Weekend. Danny, we can, we can fly through this. Let's start with the celebrity game. Let's go in order. Why did Micah Parsons feel the need to wake up for a celebrity basketball game on All-Star Weekend and mm-hmm. give other celebrities a 30 piece. I loved it because he should. He heard y'all talking about Dallas. Stephen A. Smith was there. Yeah, he had to do something. And, that, and Michael Parsons looks like that guy. He seems like he's that guy. He goes out yeah, on, he's that guy. He sees a bunch of fifth graders hooping and says, Yo, can I join? And he just dunk all over him. He, he's that guy on the open runs, like in the open open gym runs. He He's that guy. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's calling plays in an open run. Like he out here oh, no, he, fingers he's, in. he's in the open runs, like calling our defense. Hey, yo, right, 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 right. Get him, get him, get him. Shoot yeah. it. <laughs> double, double, double. Yeah, yeah, 100 percent I'm on him, I'm on him, I'm on him. I got him. I got him. Say, 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 say. You got it, you got it, you got it. He he Micah out here trapping people in pickup games. Oh, absolutely. You got to. You got to. He um, out here trapping. 
Dame Dame Lillard Legacy Weekend. So he wins the three point uh, uh, contest back to back years now, and yep. he was. I can't even get the sentence out without laughing. He was also MVP of the All Star Game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell me, did last weekend, did last weekend's performance by Dame Lillard move the needle for his Hall of Fame resume? No, he already Hall of Famer. He ain't got to worry about that. <laughs> the funny thing is, when they resume playing, when they like Thursday or Friday on TNT, he's gonna have 17 points and shoot two from seven from three. That's gonna be the funny part. What's what's funnier is like they got to get back to playing their regular basketball and they got to get back to like their last the, the last time the Bucks took the court they lost to the Grizzlies with no job with half their team out. So no Jaren Jackson. Like that's going to be the funny part. They're going to be talking about cuz I think the Bucks have the nationally televised game this week and they're going to talk about how great Dane played. He's going to give you 17 points. He going to shoot two from seven from three mm-hmm. and it's going to be hilarious. What do we do next season if after an, an ugly start or an ugly end to this season and a bad slow start to next season ends up getting Doc fired again and they got and the Bucks got to pay him that 40 million that they agreed it's, to? It's gonna get nasty. Let me tell you something. Giannis is real close to turning heel. Like we're we are we are on the precipice of Giannis turning heel and asking for a trade out of Milwaukee. We're almost there. Nah. We're he almost was. there. I don't think we're there yet. Almost there. I honestly do not think we're there yet because I think they, he's got to at least see it through with Dame for a year, maybe a year and a half to two. He got to do it for at least a year because he asked for Dame to come there. 100%. I'm saying like this year doesn't end well and next year gets off to a bumpy start. Oh, yeah. Giannis is on the clock. Ah, scary times. Um. What are your thoughts on Steph versus Sabrina? Was it not like fire? Like, so anyone who goes on my timeline, the All Star set in that game was running real late. I was tired. I was like, yo, dog, we don't need Steph versus Sabrina. Like, what are we doing? And then it was great. I was wrong. I really I enjoyed. Fire. Like, Sabrina would have won. She would have been tied for first if she had and been the three points. The men's contest, yeah. yeah. Like, I know I give, I talk about Sabrina and give her a hard time, but now she's a great shooter. Like, that was, that was the most fun I had all All Star weekend was watching. Oh, that. yeah. What Kenny what Smith off the mic, by the way? No, keep Kenny Smith. Everybody was complaining about Kenny Smith and uh, Reggie Miller. I was on my couch dying laughing. Reggie like, was Yo. fine. Reggie was fine. It was Kenny. No, but the thing is, Reggie kept egging Kenny on. Like Reggie was like poking Kenny. That was how we kept getting these responses. So after like, I think it was like, I think after the three point contest, that's when I was like, "Yo." Reggie and Kenny aren't even really commentating. They're just two dudes who used to hoop who are just talking about what they're seeing. They're just, they're not even trying to, they're not even trying to like analyze. They're just talking. I feel feel like Kenny is trying to chase that next viral call. Like he's trying to chase that next. I know people like, he was like Vince Carter. Oh, let's go home. But sometimes I feel like he just be trying to chase that next viral tag. I I, I really think Kenny, Charles, Chuck, they're, they, they know they, they're, I think they know there's there's so loved and so Teflon because they, oh yeah the they're NBA. made men they're made they they just be they just be up there just having fun like I mean Charles I, I Barkley think, doing the All Star game was talking about homeless people robbing him did you hear bruh, that I could not stop laughing he was like yeah I mean wh- who want to live in San Francisco all you gonna do is get attacked by some homeless here come Draymond no that's not true that's not true he's like what are you talking 
talking about? You ain't talking about some damn home? He said, he said I can't walk down the street. They are made men, which is crazy, oh, man. man. Shout out, Steph. Shout out, Sabrina, man. That was a great one. Um, Mac McClung versus Jalen Brown in the slam dunk contest final. First off, let me say, let me say this. Jacob Toppin, I'm sorry because you kind of got robbed. That was a yes, nice dunk. That was, was a nice, especially when you see it in slow motion. It, what? He now, Matt McClung, very nice dunks. Those are some impressive dunks. Maybe you didn't have the same shock factor that you did last year because nobody expected white men to jump that high. But impressive dunks this year, Matt McClung. Can I ask a question about this? Because I was so confused. Who jumped over Shaq first? Like someone jumped over Shaq I'm in the first junior. Yeah, him, that stupid ass heat culture jersey. That's why he lost. He jumped over Shaq in the first round. It wasn't a 50. Mac McClung jumped over Shaq in the final round. And it's a 50. I was so confused. Put a little bit better sauce on it. I guess. I was he like, put a little bit better sauce on it. And Hame Hawkins is bigger than Mac McClung, taller too. So that's probably back to that. Tribute dunks and jumping over people should get you negative points. Well, like, yes, I, I think tribute dunks, you have to do it the right way. No, nope, no, Jalen Brown trying to pull out heartstrings, putting on that other kid's jersey. I don't care, dog. Do a 360. Do something amazing. Stop it. Or if you're going to do the tribute, you got to come with a banger dunk. You like, have to, like, like pulling on my heartstrings is not going to get you a 50. I like it. Do a I 360. Like now, I think Jalen Brown won the award. For funniest dunk. Shannon talked about it yesterday, and I couldn't stop yes. laughing that he brings up Kai Sanat, which if you guys don't know, Kai Sanat is, ladies and gentlemen, I'm 5'8". Kai Sanat so, is shorter than me. Yes. He then had Kai Sanat sit down. When Kai Sanat sat down, that's when I started laughing. I said, no way he is about to jump yeah. over us sitting down. And short. Jason Tatum is just there. I was like, so what's Jason going to do? Vibes. Nothing. Nothing. He just wearing a mink. That's it. <laughs> Here's where it gets funnier. So he was trying to do the tribute dunk, the the blonde one where he where he dunks it while walk across his arms. This fool didn't go quote unquote blind until after he had already dunked it. Until he was that, dunked. Looks like he dunked. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Listen. Now, them judges were some haters, but I was with Kenny Smith for – I was agreeing with Kenny Smith for most of that dunk. Like, yo, what are these judges even talking about, bro? This is bad. This for is me, bad. For me, like, it was me is when, when Mac McClellan jumped over Shaq. I was like, yo, dog, we saw this 20 minutes ago. Yeah, but he he put a little bit more sauce on it. Poor Shaq. Like, Shaq, Shaq just want to go and enjoy himself. Hey, Shaq, let me dunk on you. Oh, that was a difference. Shaq had the ball right here when Mac McClung had, had – uh, uh, jumped mm-hmm. over him. So Matt McClung had to like take the ball from Shaq, then dunk it. Jaime Hawkins had the ball, just jumped over him, dunked it. So there's more action on Max part. So there is some technical. Yes, they jumped over Shaq, but different executions. Um, obviously, the big story coming out of All Star Weekend was the actual All Star Game. Now, Danny, mm-hmm. here's the thing: I didn't watch none of the first three quarters because I was playing Call of Duty. Okay. Then I turned on the All-Star game, and I look at the score, and I say, first off, what the fuck is going on here? And then I'm just watching the play. Bruh. Bruh. 
So I did the opposite. I watched the first three quarters and then I turned it off. You, so you missed Cat going crazy in the fourth quarter. Let me tell y'all something like this. Anytime you got Carl Anthony Towns giving you 31 and a quarter. Did you hear Draymond? Draymond oh, yeah. Like, this is like old the old Down 20 and Cat got 50. <laughs> yep. I, I can't wait till he's in broadcasting. He's going to bring some heaters. Listen, I want to hear more games called by Draymond Green and Charles Barkley. Because, I listen, you probably would – you. Taylor Rooks was there just laughing. She she was there all oh, they were They were just telling lies. They oh. they turned this Chappelle and Chris Rock in front of Taylor Rooks. It turned into a comedy special. Who can it, make her giggle the most? I will say this. Taylor Rooks has an unbelievable, an unbelievable way of getting grown professional athletes to get up there and get to lying. Which lets me know that Taylor Rooks has the same effect that Rhea Ripley has. Something about it, you get around him, you're just going to get the lion, which lets me know they might be a lot more finer in person. Can I can I take a, a stab at how to fix the All-Star game? Go ahead. This hit me when I was taking a shower. So, thinking about you know how, taking a shower? Huh? I was, I well, I, I wasn't directly thinking. It was noodling, and then it just came back up anyway. I don't care how that sounds. Um, so you know how when you get all NBA, like that is tied to like the max contract, right? Like you can, you can get a max contract, but you can get a super max if you get all NBA. Well, what if all-star MVP is tied to your contract, your, um, your contract structure, right? So if you sign up, if you sign, now granted, there's some pros and cons. Now say you sign a four-year deal and over the span of that four years, you win all-star MVP when it comes to your next contract. That is an extra escalator in your contract, like a super max plus, and you get an extra X amount of million dollars, depending on user service and other factors. The only problem I had with this is that I don't know if players will want fans dictating potential earnings because fans vote for the all-star MVP. So there's got to be a way where fans have a say, but they don't have a majority say. So, Listen, like that? I'm an NBA player, I don't want none of my salary or anything included in it having anything to do with a, a fan. I'm because sorry. we, because you have these casinos that are setting the odds of who's going to win MVP as the game goes on. So that can be the baseline, right? Like the top three odds getters and fans have like a 5% chance, vote in all-star MVP. I, I think... I, honestly, I think I think your solution just is, is a smidge too complicated and puts too much powers in the hands of people who shouldn't have them. I know a simple way of doing this. Y'all want Adam Silver. Listen, you saw how the, you got the people to play when you gave everybody a little 500000 for an in-season tournament. Imagine what would happen if you gave everyone on the winning team an extra 100000 So here was my second thought. You give the winning team... 3% of all the profits from All-Star Weekend. Concessions, jersey sales, uh, TV contracts, sponsorships. No. You're about to... Yo, dog, do you know how many people make an, an NBA All-Star team? Now, now, how much money that... Oh, fine. It could be 1%. Like, you give a, you give them a percentage of no, no. all profits. I'm saying, I'm saying, Adam Silver saying, you're not touching my part of the pie. That if, part if, 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 if he want if he want Ant Man to stop shooting left handed threes, he gonna have to do something. 
Yeah, you just give the winning team like one to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's not gonna be enough. Yes, it is. No, it not for people making thirty five million a year. Brother, we just we literally just watch people go out there and ball hard for half a mil. Yeah, that's a half a mil, not a hundred thousand. Okay, but now when you cut it, when you cut it in half, just for like an all-star weekend, because now you're so here's the thing. The five hundred thousand makes sense when you're talking about 30 teams at 12, 13 to 15 mm -hmm. people. But when you have two teams that have like 12 to 15 people, it don't make sense to give all these the best of the best an extra half a million. Yeah, we want them to play. So somewhere in that 100 to 250, in my opinion, makes sense. Because like, okay, it's enough money for y'all to play hard. But at the same time, y'all are all all-stars. Most of y'all are on Supermax anyway. So one to 250, this isn't no. something where like you're paying for your young bulls and the 15th man on your roster. So you want to make sure they get 500,000. No, you're playing for... Kevin Durant and LeBron James to get an extra 100 to 250,000. You know what I'm saying? You're, yeah. you're, the All-Star is basically the top 1% of the NBA salary-wise playing. Nah. Yeah. 100 to 250,000. Okay. That's what I think. That's what I think. Um, I can get down with that. That's what I'm saying. Funny news. Did you hear about Isaiah Stewart punching Drew Eubanks after the game? You want to Now, for those who don't know, Yes. Isaiah Stewart previously, or he might still play for the Detroit Pistons. He does. And he was the guy who LeBron had accidentally elbowed him and he saw his blood started bleeding and basically went Super Saiyan KO Ken Rage trying to run at LeBron. And he looked yep. absolutely crazy. You probably saw a video of him spazzing out with like the Stone Cold Steve Austin theme song playing in the background because yep. that's essentially what it looked like. So now we find out that he punched Drew Eubanks. Danny, is this a big deal? No deal? Like, what is going on here? The biggest part of the story is that Drew Eubanks decided to press charges. He did. He did. Like, Isaiah still went to jail that night for a simple assault and was released. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did read that. I thought that was the police just arresting him because he punched someone. But I guess that makes sense because the only reason why they go and arrest somebody for punching you is if you tell them, go arrest that joke over punching me. So that tells me, Drew Eubanks, whatever you said, you deserve that. Oh, oh, I didn't even think about that. Cause yeah, like what, whatever. Cause yeah, what happens? Like, what, what could you say in an NBA game that could get you punched after the game? Yeah, like what, what, what did yeah, he right. say? What did he say? Maybe Isaiah, Isaiah doesn't look like the kind of guy who would tell us what he said. But if we, I want to know what Drew Eubanks said, and that will tell me all I need to know about the rest of the situation. Do you think it starts with an end and ends with an R? No, because if, if it were that, it would have been more than a punch. Isaiah Stewart might have killed him. If you if you willing to fight LeBron, I don't know what you do to a role player. Like, if you're willing to knock LeBron out, I don't know what you're going to do to a role player. <laughs> you kill a role player. <laughs> if you if you fight this salary, I know you fight that salary. I know you would murk that. Like, if you want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with LeBron. <laughs> now, that's hilarious. Listen, this is what I think is funny. <clears throat> One of Drew Eubanks' teammates is Yusuf Nurkic. Yes. Yusuf Nurkic recently came out and said that that brother Draymond Green needs help. Yusuf, I need you to come out and say the same thing about Drew Eubanks. That brother, I mean, I need you to say the same thing about Isaiah Stewart. That brother needs help. Nurkic know better. And Nurkic, you better stop beefing with Draymond because I, I feel like that open hand punch a couple months ago, that was a courtesy. 
he might fuck you up next time. He, he it's clear he don't like you and you don't like him. He might fuck you up next time. That brother need help. That, that's a ball. You're right. That brother need help. Speaking of needing help, in the college basketball world, did you happen to see the brawl between Texas A&M Commerce versus Incarnate World in the post-game handshake? So I watched it two times, and I didn't see one fist thrown. I saw someone get slapped. I was like, where's the brawl? I didn't see one. Did you? I didn't see one punch being I saw. Thrown. I did see the slap that you're talking about. But then after that, I just seen a lot of, like, jostling and rocking. Yeah, and like, I didn't was see like, oh, one oh, oh. I was so confused. Southland Conference funny. did say that somebody, that, like, people will be getting punished appropriately. But I was watching the video trying to see, yo, where did this start? What happened? What happened? Um, what do you think about Caitlin Clark breaking the NCAA record for most points scored by a women's basketball player? It's great for great for women's basketball. It's great for basketball. Caitlin Clark's a, a flamethrower. Yep. Hopefully she hopefully she comes back. She goes to the W next year. Unlike Paige, yep. Paige says she's coming back. Now, how surprised were you when you found out that although she broke the record for all time women's score, there's still Pistol Pete Maravich who holds the record for career points. By a, a Division One basketball player, how, I did not know that. How how much is she off by? Uh, maybe like a maybe like a hundred. So she maybe like a hundred. Oh, she won't, she won't catch that. So here's my thing. I was watching it. Like I was I was watching that stat, and I was got to thinking. I said, hold on, Pistol Pete was getting his game off in the NBA. Damn, Pistol Pete, <laughs> that brother's basketball career was crazy long. You know, you don't get the nickname Pistol Pete. Pistol Pete for no, for no reason. reason. You're right. That brother was he was vicious. Um. Yo, did you hear about the Nets firing Jock Vaughn during the All-Star break? Perfect Silently. Time Perfect time to get fired. They I, did that's him the worst favorite. time to get fired. You gonna nah, fire me on my break? I'm already off. Don't even come back from break. Don't even come back from break. You on break, stay on break. Speaking of staying on breaks, Rick Pitino, funniest interview I've seen in a while, actually. Rick Pitino came out recently and basically was like, yo, he basically came out, he came out in front of the world and basically said, yo, I'm currently coaching St. John's and I am not having fun because of these new transfer portal rules. I can't really build anything because fucking anytime you, you, you can't bring, you can't build a culture with this transfer portal bullshit. And then the NCAA president came out today and was like, Hey, all you coaches out here that keep on complaining across all the sports about transfers and all that. I want to let you know, I don't give a damn. I don't give a damn. Why what you talking about? I have no sympathy for you. Get over it. Can we also talk about how Rick Pitino talked about how crappy the facilities are? How can he run a brothel if this facility suck? Rick Pitino sold on himself, and I think he's trying to get himself fired. <laughs> how can Rick Pitino run a brothel if he doesn't have the proper oh. facilities? And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google Go Rick Pitino's time at Louisville in prostitutes. Rick Pitino, you're trying to get yourself fired because he clear someone at a, some GM or not GM some uh what are they called uh AD AD some schools AD has called Rick Pitino off the record and said hey the way this season's going we are likely going to be parting ways with our basketball head coach keep your nose clean we are going to make we're going to we want you to be this coach because I I know ADs do that. 
and one Rick thousand. said, Word, what? man, I fucking hate it here at St. John. Yeah, I hate these he said, players. He looking around and said, This broke ass university, I got something to yeah, say. Y'all, some broke boys up in here. I'm then he tried to double back and say, Yo, he wasn't even throwing anyone under the bus. And I got mad confused. I said, Rick, all you did was throw everyone on the bus. Oh, Rick Patino's a national treasure, man. What's up with white coaches and wanting to throw everyone under the bus but themselves? Rick Patino, Kyle Shanahan, there's a list of them. Oh, I don't know if we have enough time to talk about that. Is it like does it not scream white privilege to you? We ain't got enough time. <laughs> You're right. We ain't got enough time. Um, while we're also talking about it, college football head coaches or coaches in general, y'all have been very grimy. Y'all have been mad grimy. Did you hear, Danny, about the Georgia State head football coach? who left during spring football training to go be a positional coach at, I believe, South Carolina? No, I missed that. And it's been a string of this. A lot of Division II or um, non-Power 5 head coaches are leaving mm. their head coaching situations to be, like, positional coaches either in the NFL or, I mean, or be, like, positional coaches in the NFL or coordinators or positional coaches at other P5 schools. Has me wondering... It's a big deal or a no deal? Because I think something's going on. Uh, I don't think it's a big deal as long as the players get to do the same thing. Like if a coach can leave, and I think the transfer portal has kind of evened the field. Like if a coach can leave whenever, now a player just can't leave whenever, but they have more flexibility in where they play and where they can I think go. they can so, leave whenever. I, in my personal opinion, they basically can leave whenever because it's like, oh. Yeah. Cause I'm, cause I'm, cause I used to, I think before the whole transfer thing, you used to hear about, oh, you know, you're watching a game between Texas and Iowa State, and you hear a transfer, and the transfer is from Middle Tennessee or from Alabama, right? It's like, oh, yeah. you came way from out of conference to this conference. Now you're watching a game with Texas and Iowa State. And it's like, oh yeah, he transferred over from Baylor. It's like, wait, what? That's true. Like, oh, you, oh, he transferred over from Texas Tech. Now he goes to Baylor. It's like, oh, so you just got tired of this university and said, I'm gonna try the next one out. Uh, to me, it's it's something I'm. I think it's a big deal because it's. I think. Uh, we're in the new age of college football or college athletics, and this is where we're at. This is where we're at. Shout out to Kyle, who's given us a real history lesson on Simone, Simone Lawrence. Uh, so he says, before we, before we leave, I just want to shout out my favorite ever football player retiring. My favorite ever football player retiring from the Canadian Football League. Simone Lawrence played for the Hamilton Tiger Cats from 2013 to 2023. He is the all-time franchise record holder in tackles and holds a uh, Canadian Football League record for tackles in a game at 17. Damn. He's also been also been uh, also been one of the more dedicated people in the community. The Thai Cats immediately made him a team ambassador, which is basically what he was doing for over a decade anyway. That's awesome. That's awesome. Shout, shout out to Simone Lawrence. Yeah, shout, shout out to Simone Lawrence and enjoy your uh, CFL retirement. Uh, Danny. Little, little WWE talk. We can we can run through it. Friday night, did you see the return of the heel Hollywood rock? Oh, buddy. Heel Hollywood in a Versace vest. I am here. Versace vest. I said, Sign oh, me up. Here's the thing. When he came out, because you know he does a little pause where he came out. And then he came out, and I saw that vest. I said, and the arena got to cheering. I said, no, y'all don't realize that's Hollywood rock. Y'all should you be You don't booming. know who here. You yeah. don't know who's here, baby. It is and Hollywood Rock. The thing is, The Rock is so loved that he was in the ring blatantly making fun of the crowd, and they were just cheering along. 
that herpes joke had me. Shut oh, up, I was fatty, I come out there and slap the herpes off your face. <laughs> That's that old prime rock back. <laughs> Listen, and I believe they were in Ye- were they in Utah? They were in they were Utah. Utah. And they I believe Utah. he got off like a a multiple wives joke. Slightly. Yes, he did. Yeah, I knew I was multiple Yeah, and he called them trailer trash. He talked about multiple wives. He called that man a fatty. Oh, rock is back. Listen, bring this back. But I will say this. I will say after watching that promo and also watching last night's Raw where Cody lost to Drew McIntyre. Yep. I'm coming to the realization that I think we may be walking a path of Cody actually beating Roman. Oh, he is. He's going to win and rock some calls from the belt. 100%. Oh, you think rock is going to cost Roman the belt? I think rock's going to call from the belt. 100%. But I think the way the rock was talking about it, it's a Roman versus rock championship belt in the the future. But I mean, I mean, Roman can get the, the belt back. I'm just saying, like, I know some people are breaking down Rock's promo, and he was like, remember the line? He was like, I'm going to make everything in my power that you lose at WrestleMania. He's kind of pointing at Roman. Like, he's pointing to the crowd, but his fingers at Roman. The Rock is going to play a role in this in some way, but Cody's going to win that belt. And it's not going to be clean. I'm going to be honest with you. I really wish Cody would have picked Seth. Me too. Because then I'd be like, okay, you're going to win it. You're gonna win. Now I'm stuck because I'm on the I'm I'm in the party now where I don't want to see Roman lose unless it's unless it's the solo. That's me. Like I don't want him to lose to anyone but the solo. Because we're we're we are heading to a bloodline clash of everybody. You see Jimmy and Jay. It's only a matter of time before Solo gets involved. Like this is Solo beat John Cena clean in Saudi Arabia. He has to cash in on that at some point. At some point, at some point, at some point, um, the women's elimination chamber, right? Yes, who sir. do you think? I mean, they were beating up on each other, the, the participants are beating up on each other yesterday. Yep, do you think Nia Jax wins this, or do you think somebody else oh, from the Nia field? Jack, no, it's the field, it's probably gonna be Becky, but God, I hope it's Bianca. But Bianca has to go fight Jade, so it's probably gonna be Becky. I don't think like, I, I, I would even take Liv. Like I would I would prefer like Becky has re- like we know Becky, she's made, she can do whatever she wants. Like I'd rather see Bianca or Liv win. I'm I'm I feel the way you feel about Becky is how I feel about Bianca. Um I really think, yes, I think we know we know Bianca. We we know like she is obviously one of the four best women wrestlers, probably I, I mean definitely in WWE, maybe in the world. But you don't think, think you don't think I think Becky is more over than Bianca and Becky will always be over no matter what. Yeah, but I think uh, Rhea versus Bianca is a hard sell because they're both they're both, in my opinion, they're both over. So it's like now you kind someone has to take a but clear back. Two strong women. Like I want to see like if, if we got a triple of Jay, Bianca and Rhea, sign me up. But I, I think we are on a clash course of Jade versus Bianca for like a WrestleMania singles match that turns out to be like match of the night. 100%. Like, I don't think Bianca's going to win. I think Becky's going to win. I don't think Becky's going to win. 
Well, Nia's facing Rhea for the championship. That's the headliner. Nia's not in the elimination chamber. Yeah, she is. She's in both. How can she be in both? Wait. Oh, there. Wait. Nia is 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 fighting Rhea. Oh, for the belt. Yeah. Oh, that's you that are absolutely the head- right. Yeah, that's the headliner. You are absolutely right. Yeah, it's right. Becky, Bianca, Liv, Tiffany Strat, Naomi, and Raquel Rodriguez. It's got to be what? Liv or Becky. You are absolutely right. It's got to wow. be Liv or Becky. I completely missed that. The whole time I thought Nia was... Wow. Okay. With that being said, then, I might have to double back and say I think Bianca might win the thing then. Like, if, if Bianca... Either Jade comes out and cost Bianca her shot, or Bianca needs to win. But and we need to find some for Jade to do at WrestleMania because Jade's been in the background. She, yeah, been, I think she was dealing with some family stuff, but yeah, she was. But she back now, like now she's just playing the free agent game. Where Braun Maker, uh, it took him a week to decide. Like Jade been deciding for three months. months. Yeah, like, we'll see. We'll see. Who do you think goes on to face Seth Rollins at WrestleMania? And why is it Drew McIntyre? Yeah, as I was say, it's got to be Drew McIntyre. Like, no one else. A clean yeah, pin over Cody Rhodes. I mean, well, not clean. A pin over Cody Rhodes. You, he's going to the chamber. Because Randy's going to face LA Knight. Bobby Lashley's not over. Kevin Owens and Logan Paul still have beef. Like, it's Drew McIntyre. Randy versus LA Knight. I, I mean, they've LA been Knight. beefing. Oh, he's been beefing with AJ Styles, right? Yeah. yeah. Randy Orton, he's got a... Randy Orton's my sleeper because Randy Orton versus uh, Seth Rollins for like a WrestleMania rematch from a few years ago would be good. It would be. Um, but also, I also don't know what under like underrated topic. I don't know what Seth Rollins we're going to get. Like he might not even be healthy. That's the thing. Like what's the backup plan if Seth isn't healthy? Who's going to headline night one? It's got to be an it's probably going to be like an interim WWE championship match. Yeah. Or the women are going to have to headlight night one. Like that's where you put Bianca and Jade. Could be. Yeah. Could be. You make any, you, you've been, you've been shopping any fantasy players around since our last talk last week? Nah, I've been chilling. It's been, it's been quiet. It feels like it's been quiet. Kyle and I have been chit chatting. I don't know if we're going to able gonna ever be able to get to a, a deal point we're, we're, we're chatting though we're, we're, we're i mean thanks to pick up after the the nfl draft like once oh yeah mo- most definitely most yeah. most definitely uh danny let the people know where they can find you and where they can find this great show well you can find this great show on speak on an underscore pod on x slash twitter instagram and tiktok and you can find me danny ocean 41 uh again I know we say this every week, but please feel free to send us an email at speakonapod14 at gmail.com. We are more than happy to answer questions tonight. We talked about the job hunt and things of that nature, so don't be afraid. We are here. We are here to help. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. D, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you now, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow the kid at Los Demix. That's L O S D E E M I X on Instagram x twitch youtube soundcloud uh for all you gym goers i am here to announce i'm here to announce that i'm going to be starting a a a playlist not playlist series a series of mixes fully aimed 
at being played in the gym. It's called Gains Don't Lie. Uh, I'm work- okay. I've been working on like first version of it uh, last couple of days. I think I got a, a mix that I like. I've been sending it to a few, few people I know work out a little bit. Um, but it's coming soon. And, you know, I'm aiming, it's going to be a little bit more, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to put a genre on it because when I work out, I do like to bend genres. Uh, I like to be multi-dimensional. So you'll, you'll hear a mix of sounds, genres, but really excited to be putting the mix back out there and just, just keep staying on this DJ and stuff. I think in a time where there's a lot of uncertainty in the world, just finding ways to do what you love is important. Uh, Danny, before we go, before we go, let me see if I had something I wanted to play for the people. Um, Turn it up. Last week, didn't I, last week I talked about that Kanye album, didn't I? I think you did very briefly. Let me tell you something. That Kanye album, I went back and listened to it. That really not got bad. It. It's not bad at all. But here's what I'll do on our way out. Earlier this week, I earlier this week, today's Tuesday. So yesterday, I revisited a discography. Once a week, I try to go back and revisit somebody's discography that I haven't listened to in a while. Yesterday, okay. I revisited Little Brothers discography. This, okay. this feels like this is your era, definitely your era of hip hop. Um, so I was back vi- listening to the Minstrel Show, one of one of my favorite projects from them, um, and I forgot how much I like this song, "Beautiful Morning." So, Danny, I'm going to send this out on that, okay. ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for being here. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you were here with us. So all we can do is thank you. Make sure you continue to speak on the people. Life is unexpected, but the only thing that you can expect is to just keep on going because ain't nothing easy in this life. The only thing you should Dang. expect is death and taxes and somebody pissing you off. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for spending your Tuesday evening with us. Make sure you speak on it. God bless. I still struggle to 